Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, the special edition, the meeting of the three great minds. I am Ron Kolick, of course, and... With me, all the way from the southern coast of England, southern, western, whatever, is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson. Well, I'm actually on the west coast of Wales, but that's near enough. West coast of Wales? How can you have a... Yeah, it makes west coast. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, because it yeah. faces your east coast. Yes, and, and, uh, and our, on our United States west coast is my favorite west coast witch, Marla Brooks. Yeah, I'm facing Hawaii, I think. Really? Maybe. I don't think Barry Manilow ever did a song about Hawaii. <laughs> well, Elvis, oh, Elvis did. Elvis but, did. And Don yeah. Ho did. Tiny Bubbles, yes. Oh, yeah, Tiny Bubbles. Yeah. I could use some Tiny Bubbles right now. Yeah? Yeah, anyways. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not allowed out to get them, are you? Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not, no, we're not quarantined. We are. You're not? No. You will be. How is that possible? What do you mean? We have to social social distance and wear masks. Oh, my God. You're not told to stay home? No, he just pulled his... All he's he's doing is pulling his baseball cap over his face now. They're recommended, but... I kind of like your mask, Steve. Yeah, solid gold. Solid gold, yes. I didn't see it, but I'm sure... Well, that's because you never look at my Facebook. I never go on Facebook. Well, there you go. There That's you awful. go. Then you missed seeing his face behind a gold mask yeah. because oh, he's good. the gold standard, you know. Yeah, of something, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we have a variety of topics. No, we don't. We have one topic to talk about. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? You're talking anyway. about bubbles. Hey, hey close. Hey, before I start, right, I, I started watching this because we have lots of time on our hand now. Uh, I started watching this this old series it's in london and the star of the show is boris karloff and he has like an eye patch and everything and he's an uh, inspector uh, no colonel march and uh, he he is the head of the oh i'm gonna mess this up anyways no god here we go he's breath scotland yards uh queer files that's the name. <laughs> yeah, it's queer case files, as my lovely wife says in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, originally the X Files. Can you imagine it? It was like the it's like the X Files. The first one was like voodoo, and the second one was uh, uh, yeah. ghosts. And uh, yeah, it uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's quite. It's it's not unknown, you know, here in the UK. That the that Wild series. Oh man, uh, and. That series? Yeah. Why? Did you ever see it? I've seen several of it, yep. Really? It was released on DVD, ooh, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, well, I'm seeing it. Not did Barry TV. Manlow do the opening song? He did. No, no, no. Elvis did. 
Anyways, oh, geez, I left. I put my sleep. On October 11th, 1492, at 10 o'clock in the evening. Angle. Two, or, 1492? Where, where's I this coming from? I just thought I said 1492. You Can did. Can I continue? Anyways, on October 11th, 1492, about 10 o'clock in the evening, on the board of, uh, on this deck of the Santa Maria, Christopher Columbus and Pedro Garcia witnessed a glimmering light in the distance. How it did they know it was 10 o'clock? It vanished and reappeared several times during. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's shut how, the frig up before I smack it. How did they know it was 10 o'clock? Because it's in the freaking log, that's how. Because, whoa. Did they whoa. have. The sundial in the work at night. Uh, yeah, sundial, yeah, buzz off. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, moving along. In 14, fake news, October, fake news. October 11th, 1492, about 10 o'clock in the evening, Christopher Columbus and Pedro Garcia, while on the deck of the Santa Maria, observed a light glittering at a great distance. It vanished and reappeared. It moved up and down. It glowed like a candle. There was no obvious obvious reason for this light it was sudden it was gleaming it was passing it darted. they witnessed it for four hours before it disappeared so that is one of many many reports of light anomalies associated with the paranormal recorded throughout the centuries it's and even today reliable reports in the world is it i mean a they couldn't tell the time so how could they know it was 10 o'clock? Are you around in 1492? Um, how do you know what they I, could do? At this, at this rate, how do we even know it was 1492? Exactly. You probably didn't have calendars then, too. Yeah. Right. You know why the light bobbed up and down for four hours, don't you? Yeah, there was shined off your head, I guess. No, because of the swell on the ocean as the Santa Maria bobbed from side to side and they were watching Venus. No, no, that was... They ex- no, could it have been the moon? No, it wasn't the moon. They ruled that out. They how, ruled, how do you know? How, how, how can they rule it out? They didn't even know what time it was. He won a freaking award for this. So. No, and they, no, no. This. I don't know why you continue with it. Well, just a second here. Just a cotton-picking second here. Columbus, huh? Columbus thought he discovered India. <laughs> he didn't even know where he was. So what the hell even, even when he came back, he thought he'd discovered somewhere else. That is so you never, no less. So, stuff. He's so you're, up, asking, so you're asking me, the important you're thing is he, he and several of his clue members witnessed this light, and it was written in the logbook and in the journal. Therefore, yeah. it is a piece of evidence collected by eyewitnesses during a history. Never. The investigator realizes that you cannot, cannot discount eyewitness testimony for other than what it is. So, goodbye. Collected by witnesses who didn't know where they were, what time it was, or probably what day it was. (laughs) How reliable is that? How did they know four hours went by? Mala, step in and, and kill him for me, please. I can't. I can't. But but I can I can change the subject because I found something here that's very current, talking about mysterious lights. Look, I probably have time during this thing. And 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 well, listen. It says that um, at NASA cut the live feed from the International Space Station. What does NASA know about anything? 
I don't know. After multiple unknown lights passed in front of the camera, according to claims online. Now, footage uploaded to YouTube channel um, Skywatch International on January 14th reveals just that, as multiple anomalies appear to pass in front of the live feed. The author claimed that unknown lights or objects were filmed by the International Space Station live and that the space station's cameras were filming the dark side of the Earth at the time. The clip shows the moment the uh, feed was interrupted as NASA sends messages to its viewers that read, The video from the space station external high-definition camera, EHDC, has been interrupted. This is due to a loss of signal between the station and communications network, or it is being used for station operational purposes. So that, to me, sounds like uh, they saw something and they didn't want people to know. Maybe. Really? So you you read into that, right? All That's that, what I read that into it. Thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. Yep. Skywatch International, go to YouTube. You, you and Parsons, yep, you're just like you know, reading into stuff. You can can't accept to... things for what they were. They just Sky have to Watch read stuff into it. Well, you should, like, like wait, right now, go to YouTube while we're talking and watch the video and then give us what you think it is. Right, because it's on YouTube. It makes it. Well, it's the kind of place called Skywatch International. That's the oh, oh, it has a cool name. So there. No, that's the channel of the. Yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, yeah it has a cool like name, that. right? Yeah, okay. This is called Ghost Chronicles International. Does anybody believe anything we say? Especially I would that, hope you will not bit. believe. Especially, especially that guy from across the ocean there. Well, hang on, that's our opening catchline, isn't it? You will hear strange stories, but you, uh, you ain't gonna believe it. Yep. There you go. You don't believe in anything, so there you go. Pooey on you. Well, I believe in, you know, in things. I do. I mean, yes. I've got a, I've got a wristwatch. I know how to tell sure, the time. Sure, it's a wristwatch. As I, as I mentioned, time doesn't really exist. You know that, right? So I don't want to go back into it, but you know it doesn't. It's man-made. It doesn't really exist. He's wearing exist. an hourglass. Yeah, he should be wearing an hourglass. Columbus was wearing a sundial that wasn't working. <laughs> Or a Timex because it never gives. All he did was check his computer and he knew the time. See, right I mean, this, the sundial, <laughs> a broken a broken clock, as they say, is right twice a day. A broken sundial is not is can only ever be right once a day. In right. fact, it's never can't, right. Can't tell time, even though the, the people knew when to get up and when to go to sleep. No, and when no, to, no, 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 no. The body knew sun, what they time. They knew when to they knew when to go to sleep because it went dark. Then you went to get up because it went light again. They didn't know. Oh, let's put daylight savings time. Listen, Martha, let's put the cat out. It's gone 11 (laughs) o'clock. Is it? I don't know, but we'll put the cat out anyway. Because it might be. That's why cats, yeah. In Britain, in fact, we used to have a, and you may have had in America, did you have a knocker-upper? Oh, what? No, no. No. Well, in we, we had, we had timepieces by then. During the Industrial Revolution, when the poor people couldn't, because we, we, we of course, invented the Industrial Revolution, so that's pre-clocks. Um, pe- the poor people who were, who were working at the mills couldn't, you know, they had to be in on time, but they couldn't afford timekeepers, so they paid a man who sat, sat up all night until it was time to wake them up and he would go from house to house with a long stick 
And yep. at the end of the stick was yep. a thing, and he would tap on the windows and knock the people oh, up. And God. he was called, and his job was called a knocker-upper. Yes, yes. We have but Tommy knockers here. No, no, yeah, no. This was a, an so, official course, job title. Here in the U.S., we don't need that because we're far smarter than that. We don't have to hire anybody. All we have to do is blow the whistle of the factory and people know it's time to get up. Double blow means the, it's time to get up. Single blow means we're starting work. So everybody knew that. And uh, we didn't need to hire some poor dope to go around whacking people's windows with a stick. Well, we did because our towns were much bigger. And in fact, most of the people... Yeah, much think, bigger. Yeah, your little towns uh, are uh, right. Uh, at the same time as the mills were being founded in Manchester, America, just up the road from you, the mills in Manchester, England, were, by comparison, ten times bigger. Yeah. And it was the people from Manchester, England, that founded the mills in Manchester, and, and the cynical saying size doesn't matter because we had <laughs> did everything much better and faster and more efficient here in the U.S. We didn't need oh, giant right. smart enough that built like up. you're doing now. Number one, number one in the coronavirus chart I see today. Of course, <laughs> we are. we're the most biggest nation in the world. Why shouldn't we be? The deadest nation in the world now. Oh, now, I was thinking the same thing because New York had so much. And then we have the same number as New York, and they're thinking, oh, well, you're right behind New York. But we, New York had, you know, let's just, let's say, 3 million people. We have 10 million. So, of course, our numbers are going to be bigger. Can we talk about paranormal lights, please? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Go for it. Yeah. So Steve hasn't opened his mouth other than to poo-poo what we've said. So no, I didn't poo-poo what you said. I was just simply I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. the complete fake news of the uh, Columbus story. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Steve. Yeah, it's only for Smith. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to give you a story about orbs. I'm going to give you the truth about orbs. About orbs? What's orbs? I'm sorry. Is, exactly. Is Let's. True? We're talking about light anomalies, aren't we? So let's bring the subject round to my favourite subject, the orb. Red circles? Yeah, no, the other one. Uh, The orb that's widely described by paranormal enthusiasts. Yeah? That way. That way. Do you know, we were trying to find out, because I was tasked some while ago with writing an encyclopedia article on this very subject. And we... we... Uh, Wait, 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 by who? By the Society for Psychical Research. Ah, okay. Thank you. Right. And one of the the things I needed to do was to try and determine how the term came about. And after much searching, I discovered that nobody knows. Hmm. It's completely uncertain how the term orb became... it came to be general. This is from a this is from a, a learned encyclopedia. Yeah, I, this I, isn't I, this isn't the internet. Really, became the one of the main claimants to the title. The late Dave, uh, Doctor Dave uh, Oster of the International Ghost Hunters Society, claimed to have invented the term, but that can't be substantiated. And it's actually much more likely that. It, widespread acceptance derives from the internet discussion forum groups of the late 1990s. It, there was also an alternative term called light anomaly, which was first used on the British television series Most Haunted. 
and these terms were switched interchangeably back and forth to describe moving discs of varying brightness that appeared on the footage obtained on the television show. In the show's later series, light anomaly became more predominant, and now either of these are used to describe the appearance of almost every form of light uh, unexpected blob of light or shape although orb is usually used to refer to still photographs and light anomaly is used more so with video footage and there Can are I other interrupt terms, you so for one abs- second about absolutely because i finished no no well about photography because this is something i found that in photography the term for orbs is called backscatter And it's an optical phenomenon resulting in typical circular artifacts on an image due to the camera's flash being reflected from unfocused motes of dust and water droplets and other particles. So they call it backscatter. Oh. I can see you're overwhelmed, huh? No, because the the the, the encyclopedia page goes on to say almost exactly the same thing. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so I interrupted you for not. Sorry. No, 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 because I wasn't going to read the whole damn page out. But there actually have been books written about um, about orbs and, and their paranormality. Uh, the chief exponent of the paranormal theory of orbs is actually a German-born physicist and uh, who claimed to have worked for NASA. Uh, a guy called Klaus Heinemann. And his books, he's written two or three, uh, The Old Project back in 2007, and uh, Mission and Messages of Hope, which came out in 2010. Um, he is as mad as a box of frogs. <laughs> is that it? In your studies, did you find out where the the generic term for orbs all of a sudden turned into meaning uh, ghosts and spirits? Uh, yeah, well, that's actually this. Uh, yes, the widespread. Yeah, it's not known. Actually, again, we have this problem um, about finding out the original, original first claimant, you know, who first said it but um so it isn't actually known how or when the belief that orbs represented some form of paranormal phenomena begins but most likely it it, again stems from these internet forums and chat rooms where people started back in the 90s of sharing the discovery of these little blobs that were starting to appear on their photos and videos and the belief becomes quite quickly widespread it's a bit like wuhan flu within the paranormal community um, and then it was repeated on the mainstream uh, broadcast and print media occasionally and there were some celebrity endorsements uh, back in 2008 a, a very notable famous television presenter here in britain called noel edmonds uh, went on to the bbc news program and claimed on the BBC News, that his deceased parents followed him around in the form of two melon-sized orbs, which he described as being two little bundles of positivity, adding that they looked like little round planets, but in fact they can come in other other shapes and sizes, and that they are only capable of being photographed by digital cameras. Uh, That's how it starts, you see, folks. Don't just have to eat a bat. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd worry about it. Um, you know, well, two little two little melon things following me around. I you know I would be concerned. 
They might be aliens because don't forget, aliens are blamed for orbs as well. Yes, that's right. Dimensional beings as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so, there's so many cases where people say, oh, you know, uh, I was with a medium and, and she pointed right there and we took a picture and there was an orb right where they pointed. Or they, or it was the one I used to love was uh, when I watched, uh, what's his name there? Oh, I can't even think of the printer of the, well, the, the guy that made the K2 famous. Uh, what's his name, Marla? I, dead I, dead famous. Dead Chris famous. Fleming. Chris Fleming. Chris no. Fleming, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Fleming from Dead Famous, and, and yeah. he would, I used to watch that show, and uh, he would have an orb, he would put his hand out, and an orb would appear on his hand and so forth when he said there was spirits here sometimes. So, yeah, there, there are many cases like that where people will, will point to that and prove that, that uh, orbs are spirits. Yeah, and there are people out there that believe the 5G foam masts create the coronavirus. And, and, so that, and bizarrely, weirdly, here yeah, in but the you, UK, you know, what they, you did, they burnt what, five of them down. What you just did, Steve, is, is typical of somebody who really uh, has no answer to it, so they just what? deflect it, basically. They have no, no well, answer well, to it. I've got no, an answer for, for the old problem, but yeah, go ahead. Accuse no, me of something. You just, you just typically deflected the things that, you know, well... You know, it's the same pe- people that believe that the earth is flat. So, therefore, whatever had nothing to do with their argument, but you throw that out there just because uh, you have no logical answer. Well, I have plenty of logical answers. It's just quicker and easier sometimes just to give the shorter version. To give the quick answer that makes no sense at all. What? That people well, I, believe that orbs are paranormal. I think, I, Steve, I might have sent you this picture of my dog who looked like he had she had an orb coming out of her body and Not her butt, right? well close yeah it was um it was <laughs> yeah so I'm just but, but it looked really cute i mean you know here's this big shiny white thing so and this was years and years ago and so there was this woman who who advertised on Facebook and said, I can tell you, you know, if you have a picture of an orb, I will tell you who's in that orb. I can, you know, see the, the ghost in the orb. So I sent it to her because, you know, this was this was something that I knew was not an orb. But, you know, I, 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 I'll play along, you know. Sure. So I send her this thing and she sends me back a drawing. She she circled the orb. And then inside, I mean, it, it had, you know, because it was some kind of a light anomaly, it had some texture to it, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. a little pattern. Yeah. She draws a cartoon dog in the orb Aww. and says, this is what it is. This this is a dog's ghost coming to visit your dog. And I'm thinking, Aww, but it sweet. came out of his butt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, it was the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. She takes this marker pen and just, you know, makes, and she wasn't a very good artist. Um, it looked like a five-year-old drew a dog. Yeah, and she says, you know, and then she gave me the whole backstory. So, you know, I mean, there were, uh, there were a lot of people out there that on, on Facebook and social media that claimed that they could see orbs and they knew who was in them. And, you know, it was yeah. great grandma Gussie and whatever. Um, it, it took the, the world by storm, I think, in a way. It did. And 
people are gullible. Yes. And they still do. Even paranormal investigators say, well, I know jobs are dust particles, water vapor, or anomalies in the camera, but that's for 99% of them. But, but I've got this one that's really, really proof that it's more than that. Uh-huh. Now, who's being cynical? No, I'm just telling you, that's well, what yeah, people that, say. That, that, no, no, I am not, not saying cynical. That. No, I just absolutely. Because there are lots. I absolutely lots reported the facts that are out there. Excuse no, you're, me. You're, you're being very selective with it. No, that's what people facts. say. Are you telling me that people don't? No, hang on a minute. Are Wait a minute. Are you telling me that people don't say orbs, that orbs? They know orbs are ninety-nine percent of orbs are dust particles. Blah 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 blah. But you mean people don't say that? Just just correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. I, I'll accept it. People, I'm wrong. I'm okay. People. We're down to the argument of they say, people say. What my I reported what I said. I just Most simply said there are people out there who say that this is that. And we were talking Give me a about reference. Give so me, my my, my, my point of it was that what what do you think this other one percent that they believe is? Is could this one percent be a spirit or something else? This is what I, I am trying to get at. Uh oh, okay. but since you're still suffering from the, the last uh, uh, thing I gave you, uh, you're looking for revenge, I can tell. But that's all right. Well, Try. Try people, people kind of find things. I, I saw on Amazon there was a book called Amazing Orbs and Other Light Anomalies. And right. the, well, the author in the blurb on Amazon says, mm-hmm. I believe that these orbs carry the energies of angels, spirit, oh, unicorns, God. dolphins, fairies, and other high vibrations. Oh, yeah. Needless to say, the book got a, you know, two-star rating. But, yeah, no, so, so there are unicorns and orbs, and there are dolphins. You know, I mean, see, this is the thing. All right, angel spirits, fairies, and high vibrations are all kind of in the same genre. Oh, no, Where no, the no, heck no. do dolphins come do in. not knock dolphins dolphins i don't are, knock them but what i'm no, saying they're, they're mammals they're almost as intelligent as us well actually, i know that's what i'm saying the I know. But, they are but, mammals they're not fairies they're not angels they're not unicorns why did she put a real live mammal in with all these other uh things that don't exist are you gonna say don't exist no i wasn't gonna quite say that uh uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to use the word mythological creatures at oh, some point. Oh, mythological. Okay, fine. But that, but that doesn't, you know. Okay. But but anyway, yes. Dolphins don't mix with fairies and, and unicorns. Yeah. That's all. all right. Just saying. I, re- I remember uh, when I, uh, Circles of Wisdom asked me to, they started a movie night and they asked me to uh, host the movie night. And the movie was the Ob Project. And it was all about what uh, I probably it was the guy you talked about, uh, Steve. Um, what was his name? Klaus Heinemann. Yeah, it might have been him. I don't know, but they had this whole Mrs. movie Heinemann. with. They had this. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously, his wife was. Um, you see, if you track back this guy's history, he was actually a NASA physicist, and he was quite an eminent guy. But yeah. then he, in later, Steve, I, we got to take a break here. Can you hold that thought for us, please? Maybe. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here oh, on Tokyo. There goes the teacup. And Pararex, you heard that? On Pararex Radio in my arms, now covered in tea. Uh, and we'll be right back after the following messages. God. 
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. The creepy and the kooky, mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal, the topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. of Ghost Chronicles, the globe-spanning international edition, coming to you tonight, live from the America, the west coast of the United States, the east coast of the United States, and from the side of the Atlantic that brought you the Industrial Revolution, the Pilgrim Fathers, and the Black Death. Now, just before the break, you, you were mentioning uh, the Yarp Project. And, I paused uh, there so that you could say that the show is brought to you by... Oh, yeah. Of, uh, Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Glant Messier Family Law Group. Compassionate, focused, and strong. And they're on 4 High Street, Suite 155, North Andover, Massachusetts. So there, there you we go. go. Yeah, what was the same before the break? I can't. Just remember. before you were talking about the oh yeah, the yeah this, this physicist, this Klaus Heinemann, he was actually a you know he's a good a good physicist. He worked for NASA, and then somewhat in later life or later in life, he discovered his wife Gundy. Um, Gundy. In what Gundy Heinemann? Now, obviously Heinemann, uh, she was uh, very spiritual, very. Uh, new age, yeah. and uh, sort of what happened to John Lennon, right? Uh, I don't think she could sing as well. Oh, okay. Um, then, so, all, yeah. Then all of a sudden, uh, the book starts appearing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyway, uh, so do you think? And, and I'll throw that out to you, the one to use. Do you think that these orbs have any? Paranormal nature at all? Ah, well, uh, if we're talking about the ones on camera, the ones that we keep endlessly seeing regurgitated on television shows, and yep. uh, when you, whenever you go on a ghost hunt, of course not, because we can reproduce them ad infinitum, ad nauseum. Um, we know exactly the camera makers know exactly how these things uh, appear. However. The orb-like phenomena, light anomalies and, and 
these things, they yep. long predate the invention of photography and they're extensive yeah, throughout culture. Well, even before him. Uh, there Ten are, o'clock at night. There are numerous accounts of ghost lights, the will-o'-the-wisp, another luminous phenomena, right through folklore and mythology, even into even into ancient Greece. Um, and often, interestingly, these occurrences do have a paranormal association, but that varies from region to region and by country to country, and by name. Um, we have unusual lights described that are almost identical to orb phenomena, but reportedly seen at sites uh, right around the world, uh, from Native American sites, uh, Western culture and folklore, mythology. Uh, sometimes these lights are attributed to ghosts and hauntings, such as the Welsh... Uh, do you want me to do it in Welsh? Uh, or sure. It's, it's the Canos Corf, or the Corpse Candle, yeah. uh, which are little moving spheres of light, just like a flickering camera flame in the dark. Mm. Um, and of course they've also uh, you know orbs and orb like lights have also garnered the attention of the ufologists who refer to them as spook lights, earth lights and etc etc so I've, there are phenomena, I mean I think the, the photographic one we can nail, we can put to bed, we can move on from, but well I mean Steve how can you distinguish what if they caught one of these lights that you can actually See, I mean, one of these lights. Well, there, well, therein lies, therein lies the problem, doesn't it? Because we we know that they can be created in camera, so to speak. Um, but I mean, uh, was it Norway the Hasdalen lights? In oh, those things are beautiful. Um, now, researchers have spent a very long time trying to study that particular phenomena, and they haven't really come up with anything true. Come up with some theories, but they've yeah. come up with lots of theories, mm. uh, but but nothing tangible that we can do. Right. And it's the same, really, for Willow the Wisp um, and, and some of the others. I mean, yeah, you ask a scientist and they say, oh, yeah, it's marsh gas and it, it bubbles up and it catches fire and, and then you have it. But actually, they don't know how it catches fire. Mm. Therein lies the problem. They say it's burning methane mar- uh, gas uh, popping out from the marsh but in the middle of the night. Electricity. Well, but... They can't. They can't get it to do it except under very particular conditions uh, in the laboratory. And they can't. You know, they haven't found those conditions in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you've got this bubbling marsh, and then all of a sudden a zap of static electricity. And where does that come from? You see, the, it's great having a theory. But often, it's like the water tape, uh, the stone tape idea. Oh, yeah, we can say, yeah, or we can re- wouldn't it be marvellous if wars could record paranormal events or events from history and we could replay them? And maybe that's how ghosts occur. And, hey, it must be true because we can, we, uh, bricks are full of iron dust and iron dust is, uh, you use iron dust on a tape. Yeah, but you also... They then playfully ignore the fact that you need to have a very usually expensive or elaborate electrical system for putting the recording onto the tape and then getting it off again afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the bit that they miss out. And it's like this, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the methane, it rises up and, uh, sorry, American audience, methane, it rises up and then it pop <laughs> and zap a static electricity. Oh, oh yeah, well, it except we can't put one and one together there. We have the methane, we have the electricity, but we don't have fire, Jim. So 
Myler, I mean, <laughs> you, you've you've heard the, all about these lights in in California, I'm sure, and some of your investigations and stuff. Uh, do you, are there any that you're aware of? You know, stories that go with some of these spook lights, corpse lights. Well, no, I you know I don't know that we have too many stories here. I mean, maybe in in really not. Not in L.A. proper, anyway. Yeah, there's no, it's never dark in L.A., that's pro. It's never dark in L.A., <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I did look up the difference between orbs and light anomalies to, to get some kind of oh, thing, what, what people are thinking. According to? According to God knows what. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so what they said was, how do you recognize a light anomaly? Well, for starters, light anomalies create their own light unlike orbs, and they've got that in quotation marks, which are picked up in pictures because of the light from the camera or recorder, they require no external light for development. They are not circular in shape, but usually appear more as a semicircle or an elongated form, sometimes even crescent-shaped. They follow a purposeful (laughs) flight pattern or direction and move slowly instead of quickly and erratically. So there you have it. In a nutshell. In a yeah, in a nut t shell. According to somebody, yes. So I mean, why do we have like uh these corpse lights? And I'm sure you have them in the UK, Steve. You, you have a corpse light, you have a, a well, light. Well, we, well, we, the Welsh is famous for the Yeah, well let me let me finish my, my statement, then you can get to it. We have like the the Gurdon light in Arkansas, and we have like the Brown Mountain lights in North Carolina and um the the Joplin spook lights and the mafia lights. and uh, But there's always a story associated. And that's the point I'm getting at. We have these this phenomena, and then we have a story that goes with it, some tragic event that mm-hmm. kind of proves what these lights are. Do they have that in the UK, first of all? Oh, gosh, yeah. The corpse candle was each, each uh, episode of corpse candles comes with a story. Uh-huh. And each, you know, where where they appear in different locations, they come with a story. Um, now, what's interesting is all natural phenomena come with a story. There's a story about the sun riding across the sky in a chariot. True. Fair enough. You know, we like to, you know, we, we like to tell stories, don't we? Um, most of our celestial bodies and stars and all manner of natural phenomena. There's stories about volcanoes on the Hawaiian Islands. Um, you know, we make up stories. So it would suggest that the phenomena pre-existed, um, the story, but people, the stories are just simply people trying to make sense of what they're seeing. Exactly. So, you know, they see these lights and they go, hey, I think that's methane, they're on fire. Yeah, they do research and, and they say, well, we found that there was a train that ran through here and there was this tragic event yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Was, wasn't, it, wasn't it a group of investigators? Where were yes, they? in the Carolinas, yep. Yeah, let's mm. go and look at the train on the trestle, boys. Mm. <laughs> oh, look, there's a light coming. <laughs> do you even, either of you think that maybe because people use the thought of, of orbs as being spirit... Um, that energy has something to do with it, and people think that energy might be paranormal? No, I just think the drug. Okay, <laughs> just checking. Yeah, I mean, well, in, in reality, energy was considered paranormal back in where the lack of knowledge was. Uh, 
we, we had to do something to explain some of these events, like Steve said. And uh, we came up with these little theories. And, and, and that's, you know, I mean, we, we're doing this with the, with the uh, uh, like the oh, lights yeah. in Norway. And so it's, we come up we're with our theories it right. to explain why. Well, you're absolutely right. We're doing it right now. You look at the amount of stories that are surrounding the coronavirus. Right. Oh, God, yes. Where different people are creating whole scenarios about who did what to who and how it got where it became. And, you know, it was created in a laboratory. It was in Seattle. It came from a bat in China. It was Bill Gates is doing it so he can inoculate the world. It's all to do with (laughs) it's all to do with 5G mass. Elvis is alive and living on the back of the moon. And whenever whenever we were faced with and the analogy to the coronavirus is 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 a, a deliberate analogy because like when our ancestors were faced with these anomalies of nature these lights these celestial bodies that they didn't understand they wove stories to try to make some sense of it we're facing something now and probably for the first time in in a hundred years mankind is facing a situation that it really doesn't understand um, Mm -hmm. in terms of as a society and you can see how how people are trying to deal with that yeah I'm trying to keep away from the virus thing because people tune in to get away from this stuff. And well, that's why I'm, trying to I'm keep using away from it this. because it's a very I know, but I'd rather not even mention time. it if we can. Well, um, we'll call it we'll call it something else then. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying yeah. that people, you know, people are. There's a lot of yeah. There's, there's get Simon away from this, very busy this around around the world at the moment. It's a bit like Santa. Hmm. Oh right. yeah, we won't mention it anymore. We'll just call it Santa. Yeah, I've got a story, and it's the final one that I found, but it's okay. about ghost lights, but it's not paranormal, and I love it. Okay. It's the, have either of you heard of the ghost lights on Broadway? Maybe, Ron, you might know better. Um, Actually, I, I, I saw that today, in fact. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's really interesting, because the ghost light is basically a lamp that's left on stage when all the work is finished in the theater, and everybody's gone home for the evening. And the orchestra pit, they explain, um, could be, you know, as big as 10 feet around, and it's it's right at the lower end of the stage. So when the power went off, everyone in the building um, and left, they left this one little globe light on right at the end of the stage so that nobody inadvertently would walk into the theater and stumble off the stage and break their neck. Mm-hmm. And so the superstition around it is that the theaters tend to be inhabited by ghosts. And, you know, we hear this all the time. So it says whether it's the ghost of old actors or people who used to work in the building, the ghost lights are supposed to keep those ghosts away so that they don't get mischievous while everyone else is gone. Oh, that's nice. I like that. I do. I saw that. That was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. 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 And again, we're making sense of a situation, making up a story. And we've yeah, all, but that's but, logical. But, yeah, we've all done it. So I we mean, don't kill ourselves. Yeah, don't well, fall into the orchestra pit. Right, exactly. They, they'll hopefully never hear it. But we we can, we can take a logical situation and we elaborate it and we make a story. And I'm giving you an example because hopefully they'll never hear the podcast. But a few years ago, as, it, as we, we drew nearer to Christmas, uh, things were in the attic out of sight. And it was necessary to go into the attic to retrieve them. I've got to be careful what I said because you never know. Spooky. The the podcast might get played. 
sixteen thousand downloads, extra downloads last yeah, month. Well, you know, too little, too might, little. Might, sets might be the little guys. <laughs> too little sets of ears pricked up and said, "Mummy, Daddy, there was something moving about above us in the roof." Don't worry, that's the elf in the uh, the elf on the shelf's best friend, the bear in the attic. <laughs> and since then, these stories have grown, have become more elaborate. Um, have been told for five or six years now um, and we have every year an elf on a shelf and a bear in the attic mm. now you see that's how stories grow because we, we, we are I mean human history is full of stories our whole human history is a story because before we were writing it down we were telling one another oh when I was a, when I was a young caveman we, uh, we discovered methane and, and such like that and we used to throw uh, sabre toothed tigers into, t into these big black shiny pools and they didn't come out again uh, <laughs> The Los Angeles joke for you there, Marla. Yes, the tar pits. Yes. <laughs> I got it. We got it. I love the tar pits. But, it smells so good there. But yeah. we, we, we do. We make stories. Uh, we are a storytelling species. It's how we communicate. Is it a storytelling species or, or just trying to explain things? No, I think, we, much I think it's, it's something with deep within us, like music. Because if you look every single culture, the, the most revered people in the society are the bards and the storytellers and the... the, the, the uh, what was it, the word that was used for them? Um, later became used for musicians. But anyway. Yeah, uh, shoot. Yeah, but them. But they, they were... That's right. But they were as revered as the religious leaders. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we, we, we still always look for explanations, and that's what we do because we have to have things explained. For instance, during uh, the Cold War, uh, the Russia and the United States and other countries had just signed a nuclear atmospheric test ban. And we almost went to war because one of our satellites in the U.S. over the Indian Ocean picked up double flash of light, which was the signature of a nuclear, above-ground nuclear explosion. And uh, we went, we sent uh, radiation planes there. Uh, the countries are on the side, checked for the uh, breathe. Everybody thought that that was a nuclear explosion. And uh, the governments as well, they were put on alert. And what they, they could never really explain it because um, there was no radiation at all. So if there's no radiation, there wasn't an explosion. But what they believed and what they came up with as an explanation is that something passed too close to the camera and the satellite in space. And so you got like that little flash from, uh, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you call that, Steve? Uh, the flash from the camera where it gets reflected back. Well, Marla said it before, backscatter is, is yeah, one, or, ref, you know, internal reflection, refraction. Yeah. So but yeah, that's, I, I remember that's their theory. That. And so they came up with a thing, and, and, and that was their explanation, even though they really had no proof of it. Uh, yeah. But they had to have proof of it. They had to have They had to come up with an explanation because right. there was no, because there was obviously no atomic bomb, even though they had, they had the signature of an atomic bomb. Yeah. 
Um, it wasn't actually it wasn't the first time, was it? The uh, we nearly went to war over it. Was it a flock of birds? I don't remember that one, but I do. Yeah, remember. there was a yeah. flock of uh, in the uh, a large flock of birds. Uh, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Crossed yes, the crossed the dew line. Yep, the radar radar thing. And yep. The radar picked it up yep. and yep. thought yep. it was a fleet of Russian bombers. Yeah, I do remember that. But this was a light anomaly, which is on yeah. top today, so that's why. But we we looked we we looked for explanations, and even though we have no actual proof that it was that. It's a explanation, and we accept it for what it is. Um, but there are lots of incidents, instances like that within the paranormal where science will all most poltergeist manifestations are caused by a prepubescent female who's full of angst. Mm-hmm. Actually, statistically, that's almost a nonsense. Oh, that's a shame. But. It sounds plausible and it sounds real, and it's the other one. You know, the other one that you'll often hear parapsychologists trotting out is um, when they talk about poltergeist activity or object movement in terms of RSPK, mm-hmm. repetitive psycho, whatever. Yeah. It's late. It's late. I can't remember what it normally yeah. sounds. Like. Funny enough, I was only writing it down earlier today. So. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, well. Um, but it sounds good, and so they use it. Now, do you remember the old 19 hertz one for infrasound? Yes. You know, it, that that went around the world, that infrasonic little... I mean, it even, they even made a movie called 19 hertz, The Frequency of Fear, and there was nothing in it. It just sounded really plausible. And so everybody started to repeat it, and it became a fact. Like 99% of all, all photographs are paranormal, uh, except for the 1%, which is the ones that I've got and not anybody else's. And, and that's how these things start. How do, I, mean, I mean, you do have... We're talking about OABs again and, and yeah. uh, cameras. So, I mean, you do have instances that it makes it difficult to explain what that that one uh, percent is or whatever so that's why they people say what well, must be paranormal because it, it's more difficult to play for instance we we, we, we did a uh, investigation of Victorian ma- mansion in uh, um, wherever that is Leicester or whatever and we had set up cameras and the two cameras had caught an orb going I mean orb okay going rising going through the ceiling as it appears and showing up on the next camera on the next floor in the room over it. And of course there were no vents or anything there, but it showed up there. So we can't explain what that was. It could be a coincidence more than likely, but you do have those types of incidents that, you know, they still make you wonder what the hell it is or, or what it is. Cause you really don't have a real good solid explanation for it. Isn't that the triumph of hope over adversity though? I know, that's the thing. Because what you, I mean, ju- what you just said is, in all yeah. likelihood, it was a coincidence. Yeah. And we, you know... Because, once again, we want to make logic to everything. No, I do. What, 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 what most people don't like is coincidence, because coincidence explains True. stuff that's, that's yeah. weird. Um, now, coincidence happens, actually, a lot. But people don't like coincidence, because coincidence is... It's a spoil sport. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that somebody, you know, the medium goes, look over in the corner. Somebody takes a photograph and there's an orb on it. Yeah. I mean, you and I did exactly that at the Hammond Castle. 
Yeah, well, do you have <laughs> Where we were making orcs to order. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> or was it just coincidence? Uh, could be. Who knows? <laughs> well, when you're shaking out a dusty mat, you know, and all those orbs fly out of it, you know. Coincidence. Coincidence, yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you look at... Um, Things and people look at things differently. Like, for instance, you know, if you're paranormal investigator, you go on and you get this strange thing you can't report. I'll give you a for instance. Uh, a friend of Steve and I's, Willie Hassel, uh, was, did this investigation and he was in a room with the camera and uh, he got up and left the room. And when he did, a orb rise from the floor and followed him out the room. So he says, wow, look at this. What do you think? And I says, well, I really can't tell you what it is, but I think I know what it is. I think basically is you got up, you left the room, basically you kicked up a little, little bit of dust. You, you, created a, you created a drag as you moved the air in the room, and the thing just followed it. So it was, that was my explanation for a bit. You know, can I say that was absolutely the truth? No, that's just a plausible explanation that I came up with. But uh, we always have that doubt in our mind, especially paranormal investigators. They always have a little doubt in their mind. Well, other than you, you have to have that little doubt because, I mean, don't you have to have a little doubt because you can't prove something? I think you have to have a little doubt when you can't prove something. That's what I said. That's what we just said. No, can't. As you just said. Yeah, I said. Oh, right. Sorry. But I said it can't. Sorry. Can't. Um, We're we're ah, English here. ah, Yeah, we speak American. Back to to methane again, are we? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh God. Don't even. I've got a story about that, but I'm not going to even talk about it. Oh, no. I want to hear the methane story now. It's not a methane story, but but, but the the first time I ever heard the term methane, Methane. there was some um, British performer. Okay, there was a British performer. He might have been on Howard Stern or something, but he called himself Mr. Methane. Mm. And he could could blow them (laughs) amazingly well and and continually. You know who I'm talking about? I know exactly who you are. Okay, well, that's that's where I... Mr. Methane. Not Mr. Methane. Yeah, Yeah, methane. So that's where I heard the term first. So, yes. Methane. They had a guy my, like the, my youngest son's nickname is uh, elder son. His nickname is Methane. Yeah, we, that's, that's you know we always called uh, Clay gaseous Clay. Uh, but uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, did you ever see the 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 movie Mystery Men? No. Mala, you never saw that. You got to watch it, Mala. Yeah, but it's to funny. Be, to, to be fair, Mala but, didn't know that Barry Manilow had a song called. That's true. Fair enough. But they, uh, there's a uh, there's a gentleman in there, and that was his super trait. So his, yeah, his superpower. Have, yeah, superpower. Yeah. Oh, we got to go. That's a shame. Oh, thank God. The bell oh, I mean, is, that, and, is that the bell? Yes. So no, I want to ask Mr. Methane. He changed. He went up an octave or something. Yeah. There you go. So so Stephen, <laughs> and and when parascience has done and investigated, have you ever saw? Any light anomalies that you couldn't explain readily? Yes. One fantastic occasion at a Scottish castle uh, called uh, Hales Castle, just outside Edenbutter. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in uh, an under an underfloor crypt with no additional light, 
and the room lit up a vivid blue glow. Ooh. And it was so good we could actually read by it. It was that bright? Yeah. Lasted yeah, for about five or six seconds. It, it wasn't. You said it was in a oh, dungeon, or we were we were underground. We had no access to the outside world by like windows or doors or. No, there was no direct light path entry, and there was no lights being used at the time. Hmm. The the walls actually glowed. Is is the best way of describing it. You didn't catch it on camera, did you? I just said we didn't have one running at the time. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I, I missed that. Your, yeah, your, accent, sorry, sometimes. No, no. your accent sometimes. I know, I know. Methane, methane, camera. No camera. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Anyways, we uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us here tonight. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, we looked at a lot of different things. And, and we didn't fight too much either. Oh, come on. We did too. <laughs> I didn't think we did. I could do far better than that. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I'm well, thank, thank, with you. You. thank you for joining us, by the way. Thank you for my week. I mean, my monthly visit. Yes. Yeah. And tune in next yeah, From now on, we are now Marla's monthlies. Ooh. Oh. New name of the show. Marla's Not monthlies. saying a word. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tunes. We got to go. Once every 28 days, join us for Martha's monthlies. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Remember, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Memorick Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier family group, North Andover, Massachusetts. Thank you. Stay safe. Goodbye now. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.